0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, September 9th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. No more waiting for the Chiefs to kick off 2021 season. Well, a couple of days, but you know what I mean. It's game week, and that means the star folks who cover the team are back to discuss everything Chiefs. Beat writers Herbie Tiopi and Sam McDowell and columnist Sam Mellinger and Herbie Teopi join me and you talking all things Chiefs as they get ready for Sunday's opener at Arrowhead Stadium against the Cleveland Browns. The show started as a Beat Live where we took your questions and comments. Thank you very much for those. And we covered a load of topics from the new offensive line, injuries, betting lines, why the Chiefs tend to get off to fast starts, and much more. You'll also hear from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So now it's a Beat KC podcast. Let's get started. The 2021 season starts Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium against Cleveland Browns. It's season number 62 for the Kansas City Chiefs and number 59 here in Kansas City. Expectations running a little hot here in town, and they should. Um, Vegas over under has the Chiefs at 12.5 victories this season and they're favored in 16 of 17 games, and the other's a pick I know this because I read Sam McDowell's story on this topic. Um, Sam, that seems a little um, uh, optimistic for, for the Chiefs, favored in 16
1: of 17 games. Yeah, you know, but a lot of the lines are closer than they were last year. Something else I noted in that story, but they were favored by double digits in every home game last year until they rested the starters in week 17. They're not favored by double digits but the one home game. So, um, much tougher schedule, but uh I guess if you're picking them game by game, it's hard to pick against this team right now. What's the pick 'em game? Baltimore, uh week 2. <laughs> And what's the
0: line for for Sunday's game?
1: Six. The the Chiefs were favored by six. Some some still have it at six and a half, but it's moved down and some to uh, to six right now.
0: Okay, okay. Um, uh, as we often do, let, let's get started with an injury report, and some and that'll I think lead us into some conversation here. So, Herbie, what did Andy Reid say about injured Chiefs yesterday?
2: Well, he's not necessarily injured, but uh, Tyron Matthew remains on the reserve COVID-19 list a week after testing positive. Uh, Reed says his tests are, quote, getting better, end quote. And as we all know, in accordance with the NFL protocol, you have to pass uh, the COVID test, two consecutive tests within a span of 24 hours. And a week later, and he still hasn't passed and is not off the COVID list. You know, I'm, I'm starting to raise my eyebrows here. But I did ask Reed, if he does clear the protocol, is he the kind of player that can practice or play without practice? And Reed said, yes, he you know, he, he mentioned that he probably could. Uh, outside of Tyron Matthew, Austin Blythe did not practice yesterday. We know that because he had sports hernia surgery at the end of August. Uh, Frank Clark, hey, limited with a hamstring injury, much to Sam McDowell's chagrin. <laughs> and then we got wide receiver, McCole Hardman, who was also limited with an oblique injury. And then Derek Nottie, who's been in and out of uh, you know practice throughout training camp, he's, he's still dealing with that hip injury. Good news for the Chiefs, running back Clyde edwards Lair with the ankle injury put in a full practice, along with Laurent Duvernay-Tardif with the hand injury. He put in a full practice, so he'll be available in the backup role. Mike Remmers and Trey Smith also put in a full practice. Remmers dealing with a knee injury. Smith so, uh, dealing with a shoulder injury.
0: Anyone want to take a stab at what – uh, getting better testing means, or whatever, and you phrase that the, the testing's improved for, uh, for Tyler Matthew.
1: I'm well, the only possibility, the only possibility actually is that you do have to test negative on back to back days within a 24 hour period. Um, so, I actually wondered if he did mean that maybe he's, he's passed that first one. Of course, we don't yeah. know that for sure, um, but I just think that's a possibility for the reason he phrased it that way.
3: And I'm just glad he didn't say anything about day-to-day. Uh, as long as he keeps away from that and doesn't say literally, I think uh, it's promising. He, I, it was vague, obviously, but it does seem like he, he was trying to make some point about some element of progress, right? So I, I take it that we're, we're one away.
0: And isn't he scheduled to speak to the media today, Herbie? Tyron Matthew?
2: No. no, I He's think it's Chris Jones, yeah.
0: Oh, okay.
3: When they gave us
2: a list, they didn't mention Tyron Matthew. Uh, you know, we'll see. The Chiefs will well, get that to us.
0: Yeah, but there will be another injury update later, probably in a, in a couple of hours. Hey, listen, if, if if he can't go on Sunday, that's that is a major blow. Uh, this is a, you know, for, for obvious reasons. But he had a huge game against the Browns in the playoffs last year. Had the interception, had a, uh, two or three tackles for loss. He was a, he was a major player in the victory over the Browns. What would what, what would the Chiefs be missing if Tyron Matt? how would the Chiefs line up at that position if, if Tyron Matthew can't go?
2: Probably Juan Thornhill and Daniel Sorensen. Those are your two likely uh, options there because uh, as of right now, they're only carrying four safeties on the active 53 player roster with Matthew Sorensen, Thornhill and Armani Watts. So yeah, if, if you're missing Matthew for this game, that's a huge hole on the back end of coverage.
0: Okay, and you also mentioned Frank Clark, um, the mystery man of the Chiefs. We have not heard from Frank Clark throughout uh, training camp, or we haven't heard from him since the end of last season. I, I suspect I can't remember the last time he spoke to the media. I guess it was during OTAs, maybe. OTAs. I, I don't yeah. know. Okay, and that was before any revelation about the, you know, the the, the legal trouble that he got to got into in California. What about options there if Frank Clark can't go? And we did not see him in the pre- in preseason games, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I think that the Chiefs should be
2: covered on the defensive end position because Mike Dana has, has really emerged. And he's been taking – well, through our training camp, when uh, Clark first hurt that hamstring, it was Dana who was lining up on the right defensive end spot in Frank Clark's uh, place. And then, you know, you have some depth there. You've got Joshua Kando, you've got uh, Alex Okafor. Uh, so I think that they should be able to they'll be able to be covered there.
0: You know, one player you didn't mention, um, and because because his injury was announced earlier and so he's not on the current list is Willie Gay Jr. And that's uh that's that's such a a tough break for him, you know, guy who you know couldn't play in the postseason last year, who we all of us have written about in some in some form, uh, about how much progress he made and what kind of, you know, pre- in his one preseason game, he you know, he played well. And uh, and now he's not going to have him for, at least the Chiefs aren't going to have him for three weeks. I'm, you know, so there's some little bit of mystery uh, about how the Chiefs are going to fill that position. Is it, you know, Ben Neiman looks like he's going to start. Um, Nick Bolton is certainly the fan favorite. Uh, what, what happens at the Willie Gay position?
2: I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if they do roll out Anthony Hitchens, Ben Neiman, and Nick Bolton in that spot. You know, Andy Reid, he's been asked numerous times during this week, how is Nick Bolton progressing? And he's highly complimentary. And on Monday he said, hey, he's worthy of taking more reps. And, you know, he's not going to come out and announce who's starting, but it just would not surprise me one bit if it is Nick Bolton. Because who else are you going to trust there? Dorian O'Daniel, a guy that that you know, the Chiefs, have used mostly at special teams. And so I think it has to be Nick Bolton.
0: Okay. Hey, Paul Eccles asks, what's the Chiefs' schedule difficulty rank this year? seems like it's stacked to be top. They're playing a first-place schedule, right? I mean, that's – and and they have for the last, you know, however many years they've won the – was it five years in a row? They've won the AFC West. They always get a first-place schedule. But, yeah, Browns, Ravens, Bills – um, it's, it happens to be the year they play the, the NFC North, right? So I, that may be the, the toughest division in football, uh, with the Ravens, Steelers Browns. And, uh, and again, the, the first place schedule, what, um, is it, do, do we think going into the season, Sam, that, uh, that, that, it's, you know, a, a tougher schedule than, um, than, than previous years?
1: No, it's actually, I think it's out of the top 10 this year. Um, you know, I mean, Part of that is because the three teams in the division have to play the Chiefs twice. So all three of those schedules are, even though they're not playing first place schedule, I think the Raiders have the toughest schedule in the NFL this year. Um, uh, I think the Steelers are up there. Um, but I, I think the Chiefs are actually like in that 10 to 15 range this year. Okay. I
4: think like they get the, N- of- they get the
1: is- NFC East, right? So the NFC East has got to be the weakest division in football.
4: could like I think they're out of division games, um, are, are really difficult, but I think when you get, I think the Chargers could be good. But the, you know, you get four games against the Broncos and Raiders. That's gonna that's gonna pull the pull it down a little bit. But it's still, I'm excited. I mean, the, like especially early, you know, getting uh, the, the Browns was it Browns Chargers or Browns Ravens Chargers, Chargers Bills they are all within the first you know four five six weeks. I think it's gonna be fun. We're gonna know a lot. It's not gonna take a long time to figure out where this team is.
0: And in the uh, in the seventeenth game, the the crossover game this year, they get the Green Bay Packers. So uh, it's not like you know they got a you know you know a rummy there. I mean the, the Packers are coming to, to Arrowhead, and um, so th- there's that. All right, so a lot of the you know off storylines that you know ever ever since the the Super Bowl loss to the Bucks, what the Chiefs did to um, to improve. They're going to have six new starters on offense on Sunday, five of them at one position group. And well, hey, that's, that's pretty significant um, uh, to, to have an entirely new starting offensive line. And all eyes are on Orlando Brown and Joe Tooney and, um, and, and, and the three rookies uh, on, on the right side and at center. So what, what do we expect from a brand new offensive line?
3: Well, I think you look at each piece, and everybody feels pretty okay about each piece. But I think it's about the collective. And uh, there's some expression I heard once: "The first pancake always has lumps." So I I think it might it might be we'll see some lumps here in the early going, just because uh, it, at least last I remember there was going to be three rookies um, in there, and no matter how good they are, no matter wh- how natural they are, they're they're going to see stuff they've they haven't seen before and um, promising start nice foundation but what that will look like in these first few weeks I mean I think the Chiefs even understand that there's going to be some moments where it's not it doesn't gel completely and they've got a formidable task across the line and it's kind of interesting I mean it's a side point but the, the Browns have everybody back on their offensive line so it's just a little study in contrast there.
0: The first pancake always has lumps. I like that.
2: I I want to point out, though, on that. That that doesn't happen at IHOP. I'm just
3: pointing that out.
0: (laughs) We we have a pancake expert on the panel here.
3: (laughs) Let let, let me toss in one other thing real quick, which is, it. it we'll probably get into these numbers more later, but, you know, uh, the Browns have had a lot of lumps in their pancakes on these openers for uh, going back to 2005 since they've won an opener. Which is really unbelievable. And meanwhile, the Chiefs in the Mahomes era are ten and zero this month, right? And Andy's never lost to the Browns. So there's a lot of things like that. But I think the number we'll be thinking about probably is the twenty-two to seventeen from the playoffs last year, and how close that was. And I think that that's going to say more about what might be involved in this game than than all that past stuff.
0: Here's what Patrick Mahomes had to say about the Chiefs fast starts in September, uh, as,
1: as a starting quarterback. You guys have started off at four or five and 0, something like that, including uh, your rookie year, something you can put your finger on as to why you guys have been able to start all of these seasons so quickly.
0: Yeah, I think we just stress the importance on starting, starting the season fast. Um, we have a, we have a very tough training camp as everyone knows where we really compete and go at it uh, every single day at practice. And I think that prepares us to be ready to go from day one. Um, and so, uh, I think just stressing the importance. Uh, we've we've kind of came out in my in my time at least uh, with a lot of really good football teams up up early in the season, and we know that if you lose a game in September, it could cost you uh, at the end of the season as far as seedings if you're trying to get in the playoffs. And so uh, we just stress the importance knowing that we're playing a lot of really good football teams at the beginning of the year. And what's his touchdown to interception ratio in September? Anybody know that? <laughs> I think it's thirty-two um, <laughs> zero. That, that makes for a decent passer rating i understand i don't I don't know that for sure but uh, my, my guess is that would be a good passer rating um, and really, uh, good in
1: the op- really good in the openers too blair um, 10 touchdowns no interceptions in the openers he's had at least 123 rating in all three openers so re- really really good at the start of seasons. Really good at the end not of seasons at, too. <laughs>
0: yeah, not too bad at the end of seasons with the team in the in the Super Bowl uh, the last two two years. Um, so Paul reminds us uh, the IHOP pancakes were made eight hours previous, so that's yes. why there were no lumps in those. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, think right. I think he's correct. Hey, while we're running some tape, I wanted to um, I wanted to hear from Andy Reid as well, and and this is Andy Reid on. Um, Just the close nature of games, you know. Sam McDowell, we talked about the the um, uh, you know, what the Chiefs over under is and their uh, their their um, uh, what they're favored by double digits. Uh, they at home last year and they didn't they didn't cover in a lot of those games. Here's what Andy Reid had to say about the Chiefs in close games. They I think they were eight and O in games decided by six points or less last year
1: games year yeah so we, we went through a little phase there where we didn't start fast and um, but kind of picked it up as we went and uh, I tell you that um, I mean it's a crazy stat but the, the number of games in this league that are determined by seven points, or less is ridiculous. I mean, it's, uh, there's so much parity. So to, I analyze those things and look at them, but uh, uh, to get better, but you prepare, you know, obviously for, with all the situational football that you prepare for, you prepare for, uh, in case you're in that in that mode, just by, you know, the analytics of so it. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous.
0: I think Andy Reed analyzes a lot of things. I don't think I've ever heard him say what he analyzes specifically what he analyzes. I thought that was kind of interesting for, for Andy. And of course, when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you're, you're, you're going to have more success than not in, in those close games. So um, what. Uh, well, Blair, just a uh, quick
1: point on that. Um, Cause I asked that question for a specific reason to Andy Reed yesterday. I mean, There certainly is a lot of parity in the NFL, but the Chiefs are one of the best teams and therefore these games shouldn't be as close. A lot of those games we're we're talking about. I mean, I mentioned earlier that they were favored by double digits in a lot of those games where they're fighting off for the end. Um, I I looked up last year in the first quarter that they're 13th in the league last year in first quarter points at 5.4. Two years ago, Mahomes' first year, they they averaged nine points a game in the first quarter. So there's been a dip in their production in the first quarter. And that's the reason they find themselves in so many close games late last year. So um, Mahomes uh, talked to us about uh, Blair, you, Herbie, and me. He talked to us about the fact that there's a major emphasis on, on trying to get off to better starts this year, um, Just just a topic I'm writing about later this week.
0: Yeah, I just remember a couple of games, you know, after they last year, after they pounded the Jets at home, uh, it just seemed like every home game after that, you know, the Panthers, the the Falcons, all those games were were close, closer than you would have expected them to be. And, you know, they didn't have problems scoring against the Panthers. They did against the Falcons. I I don't know um, whatever whatever that means. I mean, it's um, the the Chiefs finished 14-2. They set a franchise record for victories last year. They got the W. So, um, however they get it. Hey, Brian, go I'd ahead.
4: Just real quick is um, I, I draw a direct line in what Sam's talking, what you guys are talking about there. I draw uh, directly connect that to this 20 and O stuff that Mahomes is talking about. Like, I, I think that he looks at that season, like, you know, yeah, we were winning the games, but not sort of hyper-focused on, on each practice, each game, each quarter, each snap. And I think that's why he's saying this, is to get back to that, because I think they had more of that in 2019. I think last year it was more like, well, let's just, well, we can beat these guys, whatever. Let's just get through the game and we'll get into the playoffs and then kind of turn it on. I think that 20-0 and 0 is his way of saying, no, like, we let, let's present our best selves for the playoffs. And the way to do that is win each day.
1: Absolutely agree.
4: He's mentioned that
0: more than once in the preseason, hasn't he? And, and usually in reference to being asked about the 20-0 comment he made in, in, uh, in, in, in Lake Tahoe.
4: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Hey,
0: it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns And as always, thanks for listening. Brian LaBerge asks, uh, do do we think we'll see much of the four tight end set, or will they dress only three tight ends on Sunday? That's an interesting uh, question. And Herbie, we have a name for the four tight end set, don't we?
2: T-Rex, baby. 14 personnel. You
0: know, I think –
2: when you think about that package it, it, it's certainly intriguing but I don't think they're going to have four tight ends active every single week it's going to depend on the opponent you know what, what the opponent's defense their tendencies et cetera, because you know the Chiefs like to exploit those kinds of things so I would be very surprised if you have four tight ends active every single week it, it it'll, it'll be depend on the on the opponent
0: okay Hey and Jack, uh, Jack Weaver, hey good morning Jack. Uh, what do we think about the matchup between new offensive line and their defensive line? Um, I think that goes back to something we were talking about earlier. All eyes are going to be on the Chiefs offensive line and they're going to get tested in this game like they were not tested in the
1: preseason.
0: Uh, what is it, Sam, about the McDowell about the, the Browns defensive line that could give the Chiefs trouble?
1: Well, I mean, they're they're really good, right? I mean, Miles Garrett is as is, is good as anybody on the edge. They added Jadeveon Clowney, and they were already a good unit last year. So um, I, I think, you know, I, I think Sam might have written something about as well. But it's the most interesting matchup within the matchup to me um, because not – I mean, all eyes are on this new Chiefs offensive line, and what better way to figure out exactly how much they've improved it than facing this front four?
2: Here's the interesting thing to me on this one. The Chiefs spent a lot of time upgrading their offensive line. The Browns did the opposite and spent a lot of their capital during the offseason bolstering their defense. You mentioned Jaden County. They also added Tack, uh, Tack McKinley uh, and so many other players, uh, Malik Jackson, Anthony Walker. So, you know, they made, a, they made a conscious effort to bolster that defense, whereas the Chiefs did their offense. That's going to be a fascinating matchup heading into this game.
0: I think the other things the the Browns did is they you know they got they got two free agents from the Rams secondary um, Johnson and, and Tony Hill who you know in the Rams secondary the, the Rams had the, the NFL's top pass defense last year and uh, you're right the, the, the Browns uh, I, I think improved I think they're an improved team from the 11 and five from from last season and um, it's uh, the Chiefs are favored for a reason but boy the, the the talk that I hear you know, from Cleveland media just reading Cleveland stuff is this uh, the, the, this is a pretty important game for them but more important than a typical opener and um, I, I just uh, um, I think we're going to see a, a pretty competitive game on on Sunday. So let's uh, let's just talk about the season in general over unders 12 and a half. Um, if, if the Chiefs are going to go back to a third straight Super Bowl, let's let's call it a, a fourth straight AFC Championship game, a third straight Super Bowl. What you know, what what has to go right for for this team? What what maybe did we do? We need to see from this Chiefs team that we you know that we didn't see in their weakest moments a year ago that will that um, will convince us that this is a uh, uh, you know a, a, another Super Bowl bound team. Vahe, what do you think?
3: Well, one of the things, Blair, I, I, this is a little um, little different than the way you're phrasing the question, but it's what I think about. I think they're going to have to sustain some early blows that maybe we haven't seen them sustain in the Mahomes era. I, I, I think we might see their first loss in September since Patrick's been the starter. I, I don't know if it'll be this week or at Baltimore, but I, I hold up that possibility just because of the X factor of the line. Um, but I think... I think the important thing is going to be that over the first five, six, eight weeks, that that line comes together more and more. And I I think what will matter is their momentum going into the playoffs. I, I still think they'll be around that 12-win spot, but I just think we might uh, see some early panic with their possibly their first loss in September um, in a few years. So they just need to – literally keep getting better the whole way I just don't think they're going to be the finished product it reminds me a little bit of when they blew up the defense a couple of years ago and uh, had to get that together over the first first couple months of the season to to be the unit that that would help them win the Super Bowl
4: it's interesting to me that um, with with this iteration of the chiefs there's been two times that they've kind of had a huge major change and sort of you know back channel, Casual conversations put out the message that look, this is going to work. We believe in this. It's going to make a big difference, but there's going to be some ugly moments early and the one is the defense like Vahe just mentioned, Um, and they were dead right on that. Um, There were some ugly moments and then it took until, you know, was that Mexico City game in November um, shortly before Thanksgiving, if I remember right. Um, and then the other one was the quarterback <laughs> when, when they got a new quarterback uh, in 2018. And that one did not take any time at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they both worked, um, but that was, you know, so I'm just I'm just curious, you know, which which version we might get, assuming that it that it ends up working, because, um, you know, it, in the preseason, at least, um, I, I don't know how they could have been better. It's just preseason. I get that um, other teams like what was it? The the Cardinals weren't playing any of their guys uh, or 49ers. I'm sorry. Uh, but still, couldn't have worked about, worked out better. But it is just the preseason. It's just like really interesting to watch how those guys communicate and all that. It is really funny, Sam.
3: You mentioned that about Mahomes, and I've I've kind of forgotten that. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, it's going to take him a few weeks. It's it's uh, you know, don't expect anything too soon out of him. And, and that was just absolutely blown up the first week.
4: He he was ten touchdowns, no interceptions in the first two games, if I remember right.
0: He was. You remember, he slung that, uh, that that touchdown pass to, to uh, Tyreek Hill against the Chargers um, in the soccer stadium for his first touchdown pass. And then he goes to Pittsburgh the next week. And I think he throws touchdown passes on the first first three possessions of, of the game in, in Pittsburgh. It was quite amazing, actually. Um, Tyler Hoffman asks, will Chris Jones play more defensive end or defensive tackle this season? Um, Sam McDowell, what do you think? Uh,
1: He's going to play more defensive end. I mean, they're going to rotate him at both positions. uh, But right now, their bigger need is for him to be a really good edge rusher. Um, They've got more depth at defensive tackle with the addition of Jaron Reed. Um, I think Turk Wharton is a really good edge rusher. Uh, Derek Nottie is a good run stopper. Um, Colin Saunders has had a good training camp. So I just think that they're set at defensive tackle in a way that they aren't at defensive end. And he's going to play there more based on need than that's where they think his best attributes are. Because he obviously has had a ton of success rushing the passer from the interior, um, which is always the risk. I mean, that's that's always the question that you've got to ask yourself. What am I losing by moving him out? And that's why I point to the depth that they have there uh, to fill in the gaps at defensive tackle that I just don't think they have at defensive end if he can't play out there.
0: Right. Peter Alden asked, which running back do you anticipate seeing or having seen uh, in, in goal line packages? What do you think, Herbie? Who's among Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Darrell Williams, or Jarek McKinnon? Who, who, who might we see in uh, goal line situations?
2: If the Chiefs are committed to running the football, and when you look at this offensive line, this offensive line compared to previous seasons, to me it projects as a mauler-type offensive line. you got Trey Smith, who's very physical. Creed Humphrey, who's very physical. Joe Tooney, who's very physical. To me, that sets up Daryl Williams in, in the goal line packages. Now, if they're passing, then obviously it's either CEH, Clyde edwards Lair, or Jarek
1: McKinnon. But if they're going to run the ball when they're close, I think it's Daryl Williams. Kudos to the fan for being such a good fantasy manager that he's checking in on our sports beat live just to check out who's getting the goal line carries though. <laughs> the vulture. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what, when I, when I do radio spots, that's all people want to know is who's, you know, who the chief's goal line <laughs> is going to be, who the, number, who the chief's number two wide receiver is going to be. They don't care about the team's potential success. It's a, uh, it's, it's what numbers. And speaking of the number two wide receiver, um, also uh, quite an off-season topic. Uh, what do we think about the um, the production after Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? Where does it go? It, do we think it's going to be one player take, um, you know, step up and, 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 you know, own that wide receiver two spot? Or will it be a you know, a collection of talent there. What do, what do you think, Kirby? I think
2: it's going to be a collection. Okay, here, here's the deal. And I know it, a lot of people love to talk about the number two wide receiver, but when I when I look at this Chiefs offense, you know, when you take away – well, excuse me, when you include Kelsey and you include Tyreek Hill, where else is the ball going to go where you're going to get those elite 1,000-yard receivers? It's it's a rare thing for NFL teams to have three 1,000-yard receivers – uh, so I think it'll be a, a collection of stuff. Don't forget before Sammy Watkins joined this offense in 2018, he was a 1,000-yard wide receiver. So I don't, I don't think, you know, his production going down, when, when you think of the pecking order, it doesn't surprise. Now, a good year for a number two wide receiver in Reed's offense will probably be anywhere between 750 to 900 yards, and I think that can be considered a success. But you do want to see – McCole Hardman, take another step. You know, two straight years, 500 yards receiving, I don't think that's what they drafted him for. He, he needs to take the next step. But, you know, I I wouldn't get too caught up on who's the number two and what kind of numbers he's going to get because you you can't expect gaudy production in this offense.
4: I just keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying it, but their number two receiver is either Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Like, that's, that's the deal. We're talking about the number three receiver. <laughs> I just want that to be a thing.
0: It's true. I, I agree with that. Um, and it, it, but we're t- but if we're looking at a who, who's going to be third in receptions for the Chiefs this year? I believe that was Demarcus Robinson. That it ended up being Demarcus Robinson. I say it's going to be Byron Pringle. But we'll we'll, we'll see about that. Um,
1: Pringle, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, Ken Lobo asked I, are we underplaying significance of the five new starters. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think I think Vahe hit the. the Nail on the head when he said, look, it's just going to take a little while. That's the um, that's the position that I think Chiefs fans are going to pay closest attention to on Sunday. The five new starters, especially the rookies. And we'll see what uh, what 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 Miles Garrett does, uh, the, the havoc he can he can create for the Browns on Saturday or Sunday. Hey, I wanted to give each of you one prop bet and tell me what you think about it, and we'll we'll start to wind it down. So um, let's see. How about Sam Mellinger? I will start with you. Over under sacks for Chris Jones this year is 9.5. Over under for Chris Jones sacks. Is that right? According to one prop uh, bet that I saw, yep.
4: I might actually open an account and bet on the over. That that seems like a very – it seems like if you're going under, you're betting on him getting hurt. Um, it, it's going to be hard for me to imagine him playing 17 games. And, look, maybe they rest the starters, right, and it's only 16 or whatever. But, um, no, I, I, I feel very confident in taking the over on that.
0: Okay. All right. Um, Vahe, over under passing yards for Patrick Mahomes, 49-68 point five keep in mind the point5 could swing it 49
3: 68.5 I'm glad you threw in the point five but I think I was gonna go under anyway um, if 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 this team is what we think it might and could and should be I think that's gonna naturally mean uh, a little more emphasis on the run and uh, um, it just seems to me that it'll be it'll be under that
4: that's an outrageous number, by the way. Like that's, I, I get that we have the extra game, but almost five thousand yards is just a, that's, that's the baseline now. Well, that is funny. Now that you say
3: that, I'm like not even blinking an eye. Like that's that's where it's set. I mean, it is pretty preposterous.
0: I mean, there's only been eleven seasons, right, of a five thousand yard passer in NFL history. So, um, okay, Herbie, how about the over under touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes? Thirty eight point five.
2: The point five is going to do it for me. I'm going to take the over.
0: (laughs) How can you not? I mean, it's
2: the man is capable of putting up fifty touchdowns, and I I think you know. I tend to agree with Vaje. They might try to run a little bit more, but ultimately, this is Patrick Mahomes' team, and we all know Andy Reid loves to pass. So uh, I'll I'll take the over.
0: Okay. All right. And for Sam McDowell, the over under on Chiefs victories this year is twelve point five.
1: I think as long as the quarterback's healthy, they're going to win at least 14. I mean, they went 14-1 and with Mahomes last year, and they have an extra game this year. And I realize the schedule's a bit more difficult, but um, I'd have a hard time seeing this team only go 12-5 and as long as the quarterback's healthy.
0: Okay. Paul Chamberlain weighs in. Four times I'm typing a question, and you guys answer it in mid-typing. That's how good these guys are right here. That's how good this (laughs) panel is. (laughs) Um, And – uh, these guys, we all have to get to a Chiefs practice, so injury updates are on the way along with other information about the Chiefs. We'll hear from the coordinators today, and, uh, and as Herbie said earlier, Chris Jones also talking to the media. A couple of um, Just a couple of announcements. Uh, we'll come to you again after Chiefs games this season. Uh, We're looking at Thursday mornings at 930, the time we started today for our our regular weekly Chiefs chat. You all have been great with your questions and comments. You make the show go. We really appreciate that. And I'm looking into the future here a little bit. And I see our uh, our Sunday football section is um, been printed. And please, what's the headline for it? Eyes on a reprisal. Please pick up a Sunday edition of the Kansas City Star to, to get one of those football sections. There are Gregorian and Mellinger columns, many stories by Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell. Pete Radhoff has contributed. I think I might have one in there as well. Uh, it's great stuff, and we, we enjoy doing it. And one other sort of public service announcement starting Monday – the Morning Sports Edition is going to bring subscribers a ramped up and amped up daily sports report. We're talking 30 to 40 pages of locally and nationally meaningful content each day, packed full of the stuff you told us you wanted. So more Chiefs, more Royals, more sporting, more KU Mizzou, K-State, KCNWSL, more of everything. So be on the lookout for that on on Monday. All right, for Sam Herbie, Sam Vahe, and our producer, Beth Welsh, thanks for joining us. Thanks to all you all for your, um, for your participation, and we'll talk to you after Sunday's game against the Cleveland Browns. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Herbie Tiope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Mellinger for talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And of course, they're posted first on kansascity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel and is a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs. They're playing their opener Sunday, if you hadn't heard. The Royals, oh my gosh, did you see how they lost to the Baltimore Orioles last night? The colleges, our soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? Go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. And I wanted to call your attention to something else new. Maybe you know about the Stars E-Edition, that's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open up the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner. Click on that and you can access a sports page that includes the evening news like Royals outcomes and all baseball games. However, you get the star. I want to thank you because you're supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Friday with another episode.